Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. I just want to add my uh, thanks for you all to be here tonight. My name is John Adams, uh, one of the pastors here, and it's a privilege for us to come together and hear from God's Word and to worship this God who came for you and me. And uh, tonight we have uh, heard and read from the Gospel of Luke, the story about Jesus' birth, and it was beautiful. And I love those sweet, quiet moments hearing from the Gospels. And we normally think about the story of Christmas from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And so tonight's going to be a little bit different. Sorry to change it up on you. But we're going to be looking at from the Apostle Paul uh, in the book of Philippians, where he kind of tells the whole story of Christ's incarnation, why he became human. God became human, and why he was born, literally why he was born to die, and then he would be highly exalted, ultimately. So we're going to look at the whole picture tonight. And as we do tonight, I just want to remind you as we come to this this, uh, teaching from Philippians that this is God's holy word. May we not just hear it with our physical ears, but may we hear it with our hearts, what Jesus wants to tell us tonight. So listen and hear what God himself would want to say to you. Philippians 2, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so Paul is here, as we hear from God's word, is basically telling us that Jesus gave up everything so we could gain everything. So look down at verse 7. It says there, but emptied himself. In one version called the New International Version, it says, he made himself nothing. So what does that mean? He made himself nothing. He emptied himself. And and what did Jesus really give up? Well, we know one thing he gave up. He gave up all his rights. Remember that he made himself nothing. He had it all. He was the ruler and absolute authority over all the world. Anything he said went. I mean, imagine to be in that place in your life. And uh, he had all power, all authority, all control. And yet he left all of that. He left everything of heaven and he came to this earth where he was obscure and treated just really poorly, honestly. And he not only did he give up his rights, he gave up his comfort Remember, his home was heaven. It was a place of unimaginable beauty and riches. 
There was no place, there's no place like it, and it's almost, we'd have to take hours to explain, to even begin to describe the glory of what heaven must be like. But he left that, that place of heaven, and he came to this earth, to this place of struggle, this place where he was, he was welcomed as a baby in a cow's barn and placed in a stone trough. There was no room for him. He gave up his security. He had 100% support and care. Imagine eternally in the past having perfect relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and he left that. Would you leave perfect relationship? But he did. And he came to this world and his family doubted him. His friends disappointed him. And his followers abandoned him. When Jesus was born, he gave up everything except his divinity. He is and was and always will be eternally God. There was never a moment that he was not God, fully God. So who is this Jesus, according to this passage? And, and what, why would he do this for us? First of all, we see from this passage, he was born the servant, verse 7 Continues saying, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Well, what, what does that mean, form of a servant? Well, you have to look back into the Old Testament. That's why we have the Old Testament. And in Isaiah 42, we see it's not just about a guy who just helps out people on the road or is really a nice person. Or a, kind of you'd say he's, he really serves others. No, he was more than that. Isaiah 42.1 says this, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. Here in Isaiah and throughout the Old Testament, Isaiah is describing the long-expected Messiah who would rescue God's people. He would be a savior. But the people of Israel thought he would be coming as a mighty, conquering, military king. They thought because at that time and as throughout lots of their history, they were being oppressed by the Romans. And the Roman rule, they were dominated and they hated it and they wanted to get free. And they had been looking for a long-expected Deliverer Messiah who would come and physically help to lead armies against the Romans and, and cast them out of their country. But Jesus wasn't a military conquering king. He was a king who was going to conquer the oppression of sin of God's people. You see... God is not here just to fix your circumstances or make you feel even just a little bit better. He's here to bring you into union with him, into relationship with the mighty God of the universe. Christ is the servant of Isaiah. 
and throughout the whole, all the Old Testament. And then we come to the new and we see in Jesus' life, for example, that in Mark 10.45 that it says, for Christ came, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And right before his death in John's gospel, it tells us that in the upper room, what did Jesus do? He knelt down, he took a basin of water, and he became like one of the servant people because the least of the least in the family or the least in the household would always wash the people's feet because they came in, they didn't have shoes. They had sandals. They didn't have nice paved roads. They had dirty roads, dusty roads. And they would come in for a great meal and the least of these would kneel down and wash feet. And Jesus did that for his disciples, showing them, I have come to serve you. But not just to do good works, but I've come to rescue you from the oppression that dominates your hearts, the sin that you struggle with and you cannot, you cannot get free from except for I come. Jesus came as an unexpected kind of servant, but he truly is the servant. Notice in verse seven, the word form appears. Again, and the word appears three times in this passage. In verse six, who though he was in the form of God, here in verse seven, by taking the form of a servant, and then in verse eight, and being found in human form. So, so again, what does this word form mean? And it doesn't mean like just dressing up, like a costume. Now, my grandkids love to dress up. <laughs> my uh, grandsons, Remy and Price, they, they, they have to be the superhero of the day. I mean, it was, when they were littler, it was Captain America with the big shield and they put on the whole suit. But then, they're now in a kind of a Batman kick. <laughs> and Re uh, Price, who's five years old, it's okay for him just to have the cape and the mask. But, but Remy, that's not enough. He's six. And he has to have the cape, the, the mask, and the Batman muscle suit. And there he comes to rescue, my grandsons come to rescue uh, people from, with their superpowers. And of course, the one they rescue is three-year-old Charlotte Ann, my granddaughter. And she dresses up as the princess, but not just in one dress. Mimi has bought her six dresses. <laughs> and every one of them she puts on but there has to be a bad character and you know who it is. <laughs> and the bad guy comes in and steals the beautiful princess. And I take her to my cruel captivity in my castle. And there the grandsons come with their superpowers. Da, 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 da. And they rescue beautiful Princess Charlotte. And then... And, and, even the bad guy celebrates with them at the end of the story. And it's a great time, and they love to dress up and with their costumes, but this is not a costume Jesus is wearing. The word form means more than that. It means literally 
this, that they themselves would uh, make, he would make visible or help us to see clearly to make manifest, some versions say, that Jesus is not just human, he is God. Form means Jesus. when Jesus was born, he was God and he was the servant Messiah. For example, tonight we sang this great hymn, I uh, loved it. Hark the herald, angels sing. And we came to that chorus where it says, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. You see, when Jesus was born, he became fully human like those he created. We could see him again with our physical eyes, but he was concealed as the hymn said, which the word veiled means that. We couldn't quite see him with our physical eyes, but we needed spiritual eyes to see him. And that's why we often come together to worship our God, because every one of us needs that, including me, that we need to remind ourselves from the word of God of who Jesus really is. He's not just human, he is God. And so we read the word and we, we speak together the creeds of the church. And we remember him at the sacraments. And then we also praise him and glorify him as we exalt him from his glorious word. And we see by faith with spiritual eyes that Jesus is on display as God, the all-powerful Lord of the universe has come for us. And not only did he take the form of God, he took the form of of a servant, when Jesus was born, he made visible or put on display all to see that he was the servant Messiah. And his chief action as the servant was to rescue his people. And he rescued his people, though, differently than we would expect, right? So that leads to the second point. He was not just born to be the servant. He was born as well to be the Savior. Verse 6, Christ did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. The word grasped is, means literally grabbing something that gives us an advantage. And we always like advantage, especially a little brother I was over my big brother growing up. But Jesus did not grasp for anything of who he was because he was and is and will always be eternally 100% God. He did not have to grasp or prove that he was God because he was in his very essence of who he was, God, the glorious creator of the heavens and the earth. And so that God, this is the glory of it, that great God, willingly gave up his rights as God. And he came as a baby. Jesus became fully human. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus humbled himself. We know he did with his birth in Bethlehem. You know, he was born, the passage says, in the likeness of men. 
but he just, it wasn't just a hologram. He had a real body, and when he ran out in the yard with his friends and he fell down and skinned his knee, he bled and he felt pain, just like your kids do. And as he grew up, he had emotional sadness and relational disappointments. And lots of people, including his own family, did not believe in him. Imagine what that must have felt like. And he was God, the Lord of the universe. He created them. And they're not believing in him. How humbling, how humiliating that would be. And Jesus humbled himself, not just in his birth. He became, the passage says, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So why did he do that? Why? To rescue you and me. We sang it earlier. His name will defeat the oppression of sin if you trust in him. And Christ came. And I'd just like to share with you just briefly the four-part story of God's grace to just make it simple of what he came to do and what the whole story of his work was in, in the scripture from beginning to end, in essence. The humbling of Jesus who is willing to become human. And Imagine if you, uh, your, your favorite book, I don't know what it is. I like historical fiction. Lazan likes some kinds of novels. What kind of book do you love? Well, imagine your favorite book and you're reading it and, and this is even better than your favorite book. And chapter one, the title is God Made It All. God created the heavens and the earth. He, he created male and female in his image. Mankind was in perfect relationship with God. What a beautiful time that was. He made it all. Chapter two, we lost it all. Adam and Eve and spiritually every human who has ever lived wanted to be like God. And we, Adam and Eve disobeyed God in sin and broke relationship with God. And by the way, we all along with our first spiritual parents fell into sin. The Bible says this, is this way. It says, we have all sinned and fall short of God's glory. We can't measure up. We can't achieve perfection. We can't have relationship with God because God is pure, has purer eyes, spiritual eyes, than to behold sin, the Bible says. And so we ourselves are in a problem. We cannot bridge the gap between God and us. We could not have relationship with the Lord. But Christ did what we could not do. And we know that though the Bible says also the wages of sin is death, that's what we deserve. But thanks be to God, he gives you an alternative if you're humble enough to acknowledge him as Lord of your life. Because chapter three is so good. Because chapter three is Christ did it all.
Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, who is eternally along with his Father and Spirit, became fully human. And again, maybe you've heard it said that Jesus was born to die. Why? Because we cannot save ourselves. He came to be the Savior. <laughs> Savior for everyone who believes in him. Jesus lived a sinless life. And because of that, he was able to be our perfect substitute. And when he died on the cross, it wasn't just randomly. He died for every person who would believe that his work of taking the wrath of God on himself at the cross, the penalty that you and I deserve, this is crazy. He took it for you and me. He took it upon himself that, so that if you humble yourself and acknowledge you are a sinner, you cannot save yourself, and that Jesus is the Savior of the world and of your life, you will be saved. And that leads to chapter 4. For those of us who, who do acknowledge that, it's not because we're smarter, wiser, or we have greater character. It's, I don't know. It's because of simply, I think, God's gracious, glorious choice. We get it all. You see, we all need a Savior. And if you acknowledge you are a sinner and you can't save yourself and Jesus and trust in Jesus and who He is and what He's done, you can become a forever part of His family. Relationship with God will be restored and your sin will be forgiven. God adopts His people into His family and He says, Come here, you're my son or daughter. I'm giving you a new heart. I'm giving you a new identity. I want you eternally to be a part of my family, the family of God. This is truly staggering. And not only that, there's more. Wow. He pours out his Holy Spirit into our hearts. God is present with his believers until the day we die. Emmanuel We've looked at it in our series, last series. Emmanuel, God is with us. And we will be forever united with him and someday, friends, and it's going to be faster than you can imagine. We're going to be face to face to him, with him. And if you're his, by simple faith and repentance and humbling yourself, He'll say, come here, my child. I've been looking for you <laughs> for all these years. Come rest in my everlasting arms. I love you with an everlasting love. And I can't imagine what perfect relationship is going to feel like. We get it all. Do you know this Jesus? And can you now see why I've been saying he gave up everything so we could gain everything? You see, when he, we realized we gave, he gave up his rights, his comfort, his security, look at he gave up his very life for you and me. Should that ca cause us to pause and say, Lord, if you humbled yourself that much for me, I am going to humble myself and acknowledge not just what the culture says, but what your word says. I'm going to say that you are God and Lord. I want you 
Lord, and acknowledge you to be my Savior, Savior of the world. And so if you're a Christ follower, again, (laughs) it's not because we've done something good or we can get our stuff together that we are his. It's simply by his great grace, his good news, what he's done for us. Do you realize that? And are you grateful this Christmas season? Not for, look, what you're going to get tomorrow or what you're going to give or what your kid's reaction's going to be or how someone's going to treat you. Or fill in the blank. It's not by any circumstance. Do you know what Christ has done for you and me? Do you realize that? And are you joyful because of his work? And if you don't know Christ, as Lord and Savior, if you don't know him personally. God's word says it's simple. It's not this complex formula to get to know God. It's simply humbling yourself. And scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not a formula. Are you willing to acknowledge you're a sinner? You can't save yourself. Will you come and humble yourself and say, Lord, Lord, I need a Savior. Christ, I welcome you. I confess you tonight as Lord and my Lord and God. If you're willing to do that, it's going to be on the life-changing night for you. And we've been praying for you and asking God to even prepare your hearts. Let's pray together. I'd just like to invite you tonight As we come together in these beautiful moments around Christmas Eve, that if you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And by humbling yourself and praying this in your heart, Jesus promises he's faithful to his work and his promises. He will save you. You'll be a part of his family. So will you pray with me? Will you have the courage and the humility to do that right now? Pray with me, will you? And pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I pray and praise you that you are God who became fully human. Thank you, Lord. And I acknowledge that you died on a cross and you took my penalty for my sin. And Lord, I come tonight and just with simple faith, not, maybe not even a lot of faith, Lord, and I, I want to tell you, Lord, I surrender to you. Be my Lord. Save me. 
change my heart. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Look, if you've done that tonight, I'd urge you tonight, even <laughs> as soon as you can, to tell me, to tell Pastor Tim, to tell someone you came with, to tell a family member what you've done tonight. That's so important. And we'd love to help you in this journey of faith if, if you have welcomed Christ into your life. It's going to be... Christmas 2023 is going to be life-changing for you. You're, you're walking in. You came in dead, spiritually speaking. And now He has given you eternal life with Him. He gave us everything. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a Lord. And so, uh, will you just listen and keep sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His prompting you as Amber leads us in just a moment of confession of who He is and who we are and our need for Him. Let's worship Him together. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.